Hey everyone, uh, I actually got, I actually have a couple things to talk about today, and it's mostly just gonna it's I think it's gonna be all basketball related. So the first thing is the Celtics, because we're two weeks into the season and they already had a team meeting, and the interesting thing with the Celtics is this happens like every year or every other year. Like I remember the the last Kyrie year, they had the team meeting and then they beat the fucking hell out of. You know, KD, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Iguodala, Warriors. I think that was 20... must have been 2017, 18, right? No, it must have been 2018, 19. Yeah, because that's the year the Raptors won. And I'm pretty sure... Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah, 2018, 19. Where they had the team meeting and then they beat the Warriors by like 30 points. And then it it all went back to like what it was... Anyways, so you never know what these team meetings do. Like they, they always get like some energy or whatever. But like this Celtics team is very talented, so I wouldn't be shocked. Like, you know, if they go on a roll or whatever here. Although Jalen did get injured, but like we don't know fully about that. What I wanted to really talk about was the Jalen Brown Tatum fit, because you know Marcus Smart's quote was they don't want to pass the ball. You know, they're, they've grown up. They're, you know, they're getting a lot better at it. Like, that's the part that people kept leaving out where they, whenever they mentioned the quote, they just stopped it at they don't want to pass the ball. Then they don't talk about, like, everything else he said right after that where he's like, you know, they're getting better at it. They're getting, like, Jalen Brown and Tatum, each of the last three years have improved their assists per game. I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking about, like, each of the last three years because it's only been, like, nine games. Like, even if it's lower right now, we don't know where it's going to end up by the end of the year. So what I really wanted to talk about was their fit together. I've never thought that they don't fit together. You have two wings. So Jalen can play the play the two or the three. He can play the three or the four, really. Uh, Tatum can play the three or the four. So you can go a lot of different ways. Put them at shooting guard, small forward. Put them at small forward, power forward. You can just do so many different things with them. And like, this whole overlapping skill thing, that's never made sense to me if the other two... If, like, you're, if you're wings and you can both shoot. Like, it, like, if you can both shoot, you can make anything work. The overlapping skills have a problem when it's guards. That's why I'm not, like, the biggest fan of Garland and Sexton. Even though, like, they have different games, I'm not the biggest fan of, like, Dame. Like, Dame and CJ are... Like have accomplished a lot together, but I'm not really a fan of the like the two small guards. Or I don't think it really works if it's the two bigs. Like Cleveland is trying it, and it's working so far. And I do think like defensively, they can make it work. De- like defensively, it can work. Offensively is the problem. And even then, if one of those two can become a three point shooter, so it, it it just comes back to shooting. If they can if they can shoot, they can make it work. But if they can't shoot, like then it's a then it's actually a pretty big problem. So I've always thought they could work together. And the thing that I don't understand is this whole passing and playmaking thing. Because yeah, they they're not great playmakers, but why do they have to be the playmakers? Like people keep trying to blame it on them and oh we have to separate these two. We have to do this, we have to do that. Why don't we look at the players around them? Why don't we surround them with a playmaker? Like this team could this team would be excellent with like a Russ or Lowry or something like that. Where they don't have to be the playmakers. They can just be like the 
secondary or uh, tertiary playmakers. Like Devin Booker is the same way. Like Devin Booker is a good playmaker. Like he's a fine play. He's a fine playmaker. But like he he gets unlocked more when Chris Paul is running everything and Chris Paul gets him the ball so he can be a secondary or a tertiary. Well, Devin Booker's not never really a tertiary playmaker, but he can be a secondary playmaker. Like that's what Jalen and Tatum have to be. They they can't be. We're bringing the ball out. We're initiating. We're passing. We have to get six, seven, eight assists a night. No, no. If they improve, though, if they improve, improve to that, that's excellent. That's great. But right now, they're clearly not that. So why don't why don't we surround them with players that can be that? The Celtics' offense is too um, system oriented, and that's how they look to get buckets or count on those two to get buckets. Their point guard right now is Marcus Smart. Marcus is Marcus is a good passer, but he's not a playmaker. Like he doesn't get into the paint and then uh, you know kick it out or stuff like that. He's he's more of a let's run a set. I'll get you the ball. You shoot or whatever. But he's not a playmaker where he's he's he, where he himself is creating the shots. And other than that, like Dennis Schroeder really isn't that either. Like like he has the skills for a bit where he can get to the rim a lot, but he's not. He that's not what he does though. He 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 looks to score a lot more, and he's not really a great passer or playmaker. Um. So yeah, like they don't like they don't have someone that can do it for them. And you know the peop the what people point to is like Jalen and Tatum are the problems because they don't do that. But it's like why don't we get someone else to do it? So that's just what I think about it. Other than that, about the Celtics, Al Horford looks fucking amazing. He looks like he's in tremendous shape. You know, the Thunder held him out for a year, you know, saving him for the Celtics. I think in the Miami game, they said he's leading the league in blocks. And he, he's he got, like, the really long sideburns going on. <laughs> I, I, I think he's pulling it off, but whatever. He he did his uh, patent and flinch at the free throw line where, you know, someone breaks a free throw and he just flinches. Um, so, you know, I'm glad to see, you know, Al back in a Celtics uniform. And he looks really good. He looks really good. Uh, Robert Williams looks good. Jalen is having a great season. Tatum, though. So this is this is one of the things I want to talk about with Tatum. People keep talking about like, the ball is affecting him because the NBA has got a new ball now. And uh, some players have talked about that. So he's not shooting well from essentially anywhere. He's not finishing well at the rim. He's not making his threes. And one of my problems with Tatum is, so he's a good finisher at the rim, like let's we're just going by last year and like yeah last season he's a good finisher at the rim like a really good finisher at the rim and he can make threes like 40 percent and he does it off like the dribble catch and shoot you know off pick and roll and everything like that so he's a good finisher at the rim and he's good from three but he's bad from three feet to three point line he's bad from inside the arc all that area so like whatever that is, like 20 feet or whatever, he's bad from there. He, he's, his close-range touch isn't good. His, free, his mid-range numbers are bad, like bad. I think last year I looked it up, 10 to 16 feet, the league average shooting was 43%. Jason Tatum shot like 35%, and he takes a lot of these shots, and he's not good at them. He was good from, not good from long range. He was league average from long range, league average from close range, and way below league average from, like, pure mid-range. So, like, that's just, like, that. I don't think that has anything to do with the ball. Like, I think he's going to 
get his finishing at the rim and three-point shooting better throughout the season. But, you know, people keep talking, oh, he's missing all these, you know, little floaters. He's missing these mid-range. It's like, that's what he does. He's not a good, he's not good inside the arc. So, you know, that's, I imagine that's something he's going to figure out because you look at Paul George. It was the same thing with Paul George. Like, Paul George had always had, like, good three-point shooting numbers. So people assumed he was, you know, a good mid-range shooter. And for most of his career, he wasn't. And he's only now figured it out, like, the last year or two where he's actually... St- this year, last year, and I think the year before, that's the only times he's actually shot really well from mid-range. And I think one, one Indiana season, just one. Most of his career, though, he's been average, below average, slightly above average. So, and now, now he's become a good mid-range shooter. So, like, it might take Tatum some time. I don't know. But, like, right now he's just not good at that. So, I don't think that has much to do with the ball. Maybe the ball isn't helping. Maybe if, if it was the same ball, he'd still be shooting, like, the 40-ish percent that he does instead of, like, the 30 percent that he's been doing. So, maybe the ball is hurting there. But, like, he's just never been that guy. And on the other hand, you look at Jalen. I think Jalen's a better scorer than him, honestly. Because Jalen finishes at the rim just as well as him. He can make 38 to 40% of his threes as well as Tatum does. And on top of that, he's so much better from three feet to three-point line. So much better. I think last year he shot like 48, 49% from mid-range. He was killing it. And close range, it was like 44, 45%. So, like, Jalen has a lot more spots on the floor that he's good from. Tatum doesn't. So, like, I just, like, ideally, they're both the second guy on a championship team. And if you're telling me who would be my choice for the second guy, I think I'd take Jalen. I really would. Um, Do I have anything else to say about the Celtics? I think when I made my predictions about the Celtics, I think I said they might be when, like, 48 to 52 wins. I didn't re- like I'm I'm a huge Brad Stevens fan and I didn't take that into consideration as much as I should have because I don't think Ime's been good at all. His rotations haven't been good. The offense hasn't looked that great. You know, defensively I think they can be great. I think they will finish like top 10 probably like top 7 8 honestly. So I don't know if that has to do with Ime, but, like, I just think defensive they'll be better. But one of the things he said was, hey, Brad, you know, no offense to you, but you weren't moving the ball. You know, we weren't that great in assists. Well, you're 20th in assists right now, so, like, clearly, you know, you haven't figured it out yourself either. And also, assists per game as a team has nothing to do with how good your offense is. Like, the Warriors last year led the league in assists per game, and they were 20th on offense. And the Celtics two years ago... When they won uh, 48 games in a 72-game season. So that would have been like 52-53 wins in a regular 82-game season. They were 20th in assists. Or I think 25th. I can't remember right now. But they had the top. They had a top four offense. Because they were just getting good shots from the players that they had. Even if it didn't come from assists. So like a pull-up Kemba Walker three-pointer. That's a good shot. A, you know pick and roll, Gordon Hayward, 15-footer, that's a good shot. So, like, it doesn't matter if you, like, the assists per game as a team, it doesn't really matter that much. Um, You do want to move the ball, get it moving side to side, um, you know, make, like, the open pass or whatever. But 
like the assist per game, I never understood that part where he was coming from there. All right, so I've done. I'm done. I'm done talking about them. I don't want to talk about the Celtics right now. Um, the funny thing is, like, I've heard people talking about like, who's your MVP so far? I'm like, the fuck are we talking about? It's been like most most teams have played what eight to nine games, eight to ten games. I just don't understand how you can be talking about MVP eight to ten games into the season because if you really think about it, that's the equivalent of like one and a half NFL games. So imagine being in like. Game two of the season in the NFL, third quarter, and someone like they're talking about, well, who's your MVP for the season? That would be absurd. Like, why would we even talk about that? That makes no sense. So, like, I don't want to talk about it until like January, February, uh, maybe Christmas. Or I think that's I think that's when you around Christmas is when you can actually like really start talking about it because then I think we're like twenty twenty five games in. And you can really start to look at, oh, okay, you know, this team's for real. This this player has been really good. So, yeah, I have no MVP pick for right now. I have no pick for anything, maybe except for most improved. I do think uh, Miles Bridges is, for me, running away with most improved right now. Uh, well, who do I want to talk about? The Warriors. Yes, let's talk about the Warriors. The 7-1. Uh, can we stop putting the Pelicans on national TV? Can we just... Can we just not play any Pelicans game? Let's just have them forfeit these games. I don't want to watch the Pelicans. And the worst part is it's not their fault. Like, it's really not their fault. Like, tonight, Brandon Ingram was out. Zion was out because he ate all of New Orleans. All of it. Every every He ate the buildings. He ate the children. He ate everyone in New Orleans. So, like, he was out. Um, and the Warriors beat the hell out of them. You know, the Warriors have a lot of good quality players on their team. And Jordan Bell is finally showing up a little bit. Like he had, he had, I think he had back-to-back pretty good games. You know, he's making his threes a little bit now. Uh, he's still not shooting well from three for like the season, but like he's finally making them now. Steph hasn't even played that well, but they just have a lot of quality players coming off the bench. Like if you really think about it, they have let's say let's just see how many players: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They probably have eleven guys coming off their bench that could probably play for any team. Like, uh, oh, not off their bench. I just mean on their team. Like they have eleven guys on their team that can play every night and can play for other teams as well. So you got Steph, Draymond, Wiggins, Poole, Lee, Iguodala, Porter, Looney, Bielitsa. Uh, Juan and Gary Payne uh, the second. So you know they have a lot of quality players, and they're they're playing really well right now. But I'm I'm not I'm just not buying them yet, like as a real contender, just yet, just yet, because I still look at this team and I'm like, yeah, but when you're gonna have to when other teams are playing their star players 40, 45 minutes a night, are you really gonna be doing 11 deep because at some point you're going to have to pick like the seven or eight guys that you're really going to play and that's when I look at this team and I'm like do I really trust Andrew Wiggins do I really trust Draymond like I trust Draymond on defense for sure do I really trust Poole do I really trust Damian Lee like do I really trust Porter like I'm not sure I do do I really trust B Elita I don't know if I do do I trust the mitten, you know, the mitten in a big playoff game? I'm not sure I do. So, you know, they have a lot of players that for the regular season work really well. But I just don't know if 
that means in the playoff, it's still going to be working the same. Because how is their bench lineup going to fare when instead of the other team's bench, you got Jokic, Porter, Gordon still out there? Like how like how is that going to look out there? So I don't know. Like I think they've been I think they've been a lot better than I thought they would be. So that's, you know, good for them. Um and I think if Clay comes back, I think if Clay comes back, there will be a contender even if he's only like 80% of himself. All right, the next thing I wanted to talk about was has Russell Westbrook really been that bad? Because whenever you hear about Russell Westbrook this season, everyone's like, "Oh my god, he's been awful. He's been so bad." Like, you know, they should have gotten uh What's the name? Buddy Heald. And it's like, I don't think he's been as bad as people are making it out to be. In fact, I don't think he's been bad at all, honestly. I feel like he's been solid. Like, if you look at just his regular season uh, number so far, 28 and 8, shooting 44%, 26%, and 63 from free throw line. So he looks bad. But when you really, like, start breaking it down, it's like, oh, it's actually not that bad at all. Because it is such a short, small sample size. So his first three games, first three games, he averaged 12 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists, 6 turnovers a game. He's shooting 35%, 9% from three, and 42% from the line. His first three games. So he had, he had a horrendous start. His next six games, six games, he's at 24, 9, and, nine and 8 on 48%, 33%, and 74%. So much better. Like, much better. And I think the last six games, he's played really well. I don't think I've been like, oh, fuck, Russ, what are you doing in any of these games except for that, you know, that first Thunder game where he had the 10 turnovers. That was insane. And, you know, this last game, he was a plus six. He had, like, 27, six, and five. He played fine. You know, he got some really big buckets in the fourth quarter to, like, keep the Lakers in the game. So I thought he did a lot of good. And, you know, he had the bad turnover. He had the bad defensive possession at the end. But I don't think he's been as bad as people are making him out to be. I think he's been fine. And I think if he does the numbers that he's been doing on the shooting percentages that he's been doing, you know, for the rest of the season, that's going to be really fucking good for them because the late game blunders, that's not going to happen when LeBron James is playing. I don't think LeBron James is going to be like, yeah, Russ, End of game, you bring the sh- you bring the ball up. Don't worry, I'll just watch. No, no, no. We've already we already saw it a couple times in close games. LeBron James has the fucking ball because he's probably the greatest player of all time. He's probably the greatest player with the ball in his hand of all time. So like, there's gonna be less chances for Russ to even fuck it up at the end of games because LeBron's gonna have the ball. Uh, one thing I do, I'm. I don't want to say worry about, but one thing that I, I noticed that the the Lakers are trying to figure out is just how to just where Russ is going to stand when LeBron and AD run that pick and roll. Is he going to spot up? Is he going to be on the baseline? So like against the Rockets, they had one possession where they ran the pick and roll with LeBron and AD, and Russ spotted up on the th- on the corner three, which is the three that he should be taking. Like corner threes, they're they're shorter. They're, it's a shorter line. And last season, he did shoot, like, fairly well from corner threes. So that's the three he should be taking. But I also think then the next possession, I think he missed it. And then the next possession, he stood on the baseline instead. And he got a layup off of that. They run they run a LeBron 80 pick and roll again. And Russ got a layup from that. So, you know, they're trying to figure it out. And I do think they will figure it out by the end of the season. And if they don't, 
If they don't, but if it's February, you know, I don't think they're going to trade him. I think that would be, I don't think they would ever, I don't think they would trade him. But I, if, it, if it's not working by February, I'm definitely going to be doing some trade machine stuff with Russ. I already have one in mind. Like, I love talking about trades. I love doing trade machine stuff. So, you know, I've already thought of one that I think would be really fun and helpful. But I don't want to talk about that right now. The last thing I wanted to talk about was the Suns and Robert Sarver story. So I haven't read the whole thing. So I just wanted to talk about a couple things that I have read. And, you know, things that people have been talking about from the story. So what I've heard a lot of is, oh, I feel so bad for the players. I feel so bad for the fans. And I'm just like, why? Like, if this happened to my favorite teams, like the owner was in trouble, I'd be like, okay. The fuck does that have to do with me? How does that, like, impact me? Like, I I support the players. I support the team. I don't support the owner. Like, that's... Like I don't like that would that would impact my day and my life zero percent. And that's just what that's just how I feel. Like that would impact me in like no way at all. Um if the team did something like like the like the Celtics were like, you know what? Fuck brown people. Brown people are not allowed at the game. Okay, then yeah, of course. But if the owner did something, I don't really care. Like that's that's not gonna impact my day at all. And the other thing, the, the players thing, I don't understand that either. I guess they're going to get some questions about it. So you're like, oh, damn, they're going to have to answer all these questions. But I don't think in-game that it's going to have a problem at all. I don't see how it could. You know, there, There's no way Chris Paul is going to come off his pick and roll, you know, fade into a mid-range jumper and be like, fuck, I can't make this. I'm, I'm too busy thinking about Robert Sarver. I can't believe he would say those things. And then he misses, then he misses like the mid-range jumper. I just don't see that happening. I don't think it's going to impact them any way on the court. I think if they lose on the court, it's because they weren't good enough that night. I think if they win, it's not going to be like, oh, you know, we rallied around this. I don't think it has. I I don't think it's going to do anything. So I'm not. I never understood like the. Oh, I feel so bad for the players. I feel so bad for the fans. Like, I don't think they care. The last thing I wanted to talk about from that story was, I just read like an excerpt. <laughs> Where they were trying to recruit LaMarcus Aldridge. I like the end of his prime. I think it was like 20... It must have been 2015, 16. Because that's when he went to the Spurs. So they were recruiting him and, you know, something about like... Oh, I don't want to go to Phoenix. You know, I have a wife and kids. I want to be close to them. So Robert Sarver was like... Yo, we got to get some strippers to get these players... Like trap these players. So they have an obligation... To stay in Phoenix. And I was like, Robert, you son of a bitch. That's fucking genius. That's just out of the box thinking. Like I'm just that I'm just gonna say that's just out of the box thinking. I don't think that I don't think he should be losing the team because of that. I just that's just how I feel. I feel like he's just trying to do whatever he can to make sure that the fans have a team that they can root for, some good players. He's trying to trap these players to Phoenix. For the rest of their life. For 18 years at least. He's trying to make sure good players stay in Phoenix. So I don't understand why I'm supposed to be feeling bad for these fans. Or like you feel sorry for these fans. When they have an owner that's trying to do everything he can to make sure they have a good product on the floor. That's just how I feel about it. Um, Other than that, like all I've heard is like. 
it's allegations with no evidence. And I'm not like, a, oh, you have to be innocent until proven guilty as person. I'm not that. Because something, it's just plainly obvious. Like when 50 women come out against Bill Cosby, I just have a hard time being like, yeah, 50 women are lying. I just, I just can't get there. You know, when third, what was it, like 23 or 25 women against Deshaun Watson? I just feel like if your argument is, yeah, all the, all the women are lying, that's probably not a good argument. I just feel like that's, that's just how I feel. That's not a good argument. But when it comes to something like this, where it's like, we're going to, you're not going to be the owner anymore. When you're, when you're taking that away from someone, even if I believe that he, like, he, he probably said those things, and I look at him like a different way. There's no way you can take the team away from him if there's no like solid evidence. You know, in the Donald Sterling case, they had the evidence, like they had the audio recording of him being a racist, and he like talking about like, you know, we can't have Magic Johnson at the games. He's got AIDS. <laughs> I can't believe he said that. Like that was that was absurd. Um, so like it's not it's not that type of situation, and I don't think he's gonna lose the team over this. I just. Like, if there's no evidence, I just can't see him losing the team. I don't really have anything else to talk about, so I just want to say, um, you know, if you guys have any, like, shows or movies or music or just questions you guys want to ask me, I'm going to put my email in the description, and you guys can do that. Hopefully the next couple of weeks of basketball are more... In- not, like, the, the games have been really entertaining. I just mean, like, more things there are to talk about, hopefully. Uh, like Ben Simmons starts playing, maybe Damian Lillard finally makes a shot. Uh, Maybe there's some trade rumors or whatever. So, yeah, thank you for listening, everyone. Love me For I need someone to hold me tight For I feel so lonely tonight All I ask is that you love me Love me, love me, love me, love me, oh Till I hear a thousand drums roar I ask for this and nothing more All I ask is that you love me, love me Oh, I need someone to love me Love me when I'm sad Love me when I'm lonely Love me when I'm glad And love me only Just love me Till we make time stand still Till our hearts Beat as one and they will Beat as one if you'll just love me Love me 
Oh, I need someone to love me, love me. I need someone to love me. 